This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Howdy, folks. Welcome back. It is a jam-packed Wednesday edition of JJ After Dark. It's John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. And to try to figure out how Steve Cohen and Sandy Olderson are going to be spending a whole lot of money this offseason. And to help us... Makes sense of free agency, which is a couple of weeks away. Let's welcome in a terrific talent over at the MLB Network. I actually did a show with him many moons ago, which was a thrill. I mean, I have that, like, checked off the bucket list, giving some smack to John Smoltz about the 96 World Series and talking some baseball with this guy. Former GM of the Colorado Rockies, rock star on the MLB Network, Dan O'Dowd. What's happening, Dan? How you doing, man? John, good to be with you again, man. I always love your natural enthusiasm. Dan, I wish I could say I'm faking it, bro, but I'm not. <laughs> what you see, what you hear I know, it's not is what you get. You know what I mean? But let's get right to it. The Mets. You know they're the number one story here in town. Sure. You know that the Mets now have this new hierarchy and this new world order with Sandy Alderson coming back, with Steve Cohen taking over. What was your initial takeaway um, as a guy who now evaluates these sort of things from what you heard from the Met New Brain Trust on Tuesday? Well, again, um, you know, some things that jumped out at me about Steve in particular. Sandy I've known a long time. So, I mean, he's, he's one of my buddies, and I think he is, I mean, fabulous at what he does with a great sense of humor too. But some of the things that jumped out to me with uh, Steve was, one, I mean, this guy really has a passion to own the Mets, not just to own a baseball team, but specifically to own the Mets. And working in a front office for an owner that is passionately in love with a team, I can't tell you, John, the level of enthusiasm that that creates within a culture and environment. Number two, I thought he came across really authentic. Um, He talked about what he knew, and he talked about what he didn't know and how he was going to rely on Sandy to – help him through a process. But number three, it was clear to me, he has a specific vision of the type of team that he wants to own uh, with the Mets. And that also makes it so much easier when you try to implement um, a vision. And it's so much easier to carry that down through the people within the organization. And, um, you know, I think they've got a great start. And it also seemed like he and Sandy have had numerous baseball discussions on how to own and operate a franchise, those both of those seem to be on the same page. Dan, I noticed this, and I'm sure you noticed it as well, considering you have this relationship with Sandy Alderson. He's always had a good sense of humor, but he seemed like a man in that presser and then making the rounds afterwards who's got like a new lease on life. I mean, he was freewheeling. He had a big, fat <laughs> smile on his face. 
And I, I think it's fair to say the parameters in which he could do the job the first time around and now what he's dealing with with this new owner, I mean, you're going to go from running this team like a mid-market type team. Now, all of a sudden, Sandy Alderson has the capability uh, of being one of the big boys in all Major League Baseball. Dan, I'll tell you this much. That's the sort of thing that would get me out of retirement. No problem. No problem with that sort of money. Yeah, well, it's not just the money, though. It's, it's the ability to create the kind of culture. Sandy probably never had the wherewithal ever. He didn't. He did not have, not properly, um, to work uh, under these kind of environments. On top of it, I'm mean, telling you, man, John, it seemed like he and Steve just have a very unique, comfortable relationship, which I don't think existed before within that organization up and down. That's going to create, again, everything that goes down from the top creates this great culture as you work down. It gives the people the freedom to be creative and to problem solve without worrying about making mistakes. And uh, I think Sandy's in a great place. It's incredible when you've been in the game for as long as Sandy and now you get to write your own story the way you want to write it. Uh, it's really fun for me to be able to sit back and watch that. Dan, I want you to put your GM cap on for a moment. Yep. You have a chance to get into this free agent market, and we know the Mets right now have a leg up on everybody else. All these teams lost money because of the pandemic. Cohen comes in. It didn't really impact him the way it did other owners. You're a GM. You could prioritize one player that's going to be out there in this free agent market who is Dan O'Dowd's personal favorite? Well, you know, first of all, John, I don't think you have to run congruent with the free agent market, the trade market, because I do think there's going to be contracts offloaded this year within the game. Um, and I don't know if the acquisition cost would be the same in normal years. So I think the GM, um, president of baseball operations, will have to run a parallel course examining the free agents and also examining, you know, what potential trade acquisitions are out there. Because strategically, you have to be smart here. You have to certainly add talent to what is already a pretty impactful core of young players that, by the way, that Sandy and his guys signed and developed. Um, but you also have to be strategic because you don't want to box yourself for long-term decisions. You know, a large market club is not a large market club unless it has payroll flexibility. So you've got to be very smart in, in your commitments, who you acquired, the length of those commitments, and the type of dollars you commit to. Saying that, um, I mean, I'm a huge George Springer fan. I'm a huge JT Rio, Rio Muto fan. Obviously, uh, for me with JT, it would be more around the length of the contract because I really do worry about guys that have caught as much as he has over the last three years, um, the level of consistency he'll be able to show as he begins to age into his 30s. Springer, just to me, he's performed on the biggest stage. He fills a specific need for the Mets. Um, he's got this effervescent personality that I think rubs off on other players, and he has performed like on the biggest stage as well as you possibly can form, perform, and he's a local kid growing up in Connecticut. So he checks off an awful lot of boxes for me. Dan, you read my mind. That'd be my number one priority. I love everything about Springer. There isn't it about him. You know, we there's saw with it. the Houston yeah, Astros. It. It's basically it, you know, uh, no pun intended. Great defensive player, all-world clutch player, and, you know, having that Connecticut gene in him, I'm not really concerned about how he would fit the New York market. Um, I do have concerns about Bauer in the New York market. Now, Bauer's coming off a great year. He's going to win the Cy Young. I, I give him all the credit in the world. 
but the antics on Twitter, you know, the back and forth that you can get away with in certain cities. I wonder, Dan O'Dowd, how that would play here in New York City. Do you think Bauer could mesh with a New York team? Oh, boy, that's a tough question. I mean, I think Trevor definitely beats to his own drummer. You know, I, I, my philosophy, John, was always pretty simple. Either a player adds in energy to the overall group, or I used to call them energy vampires. Those are the ones that suck energy away from the overall group. If Trevor performs like he did this year, I mean, he's going he's gonna to bring a lot to the table. If he performs like he did in 2019, I've got concerns that is that in the best interest um, of my overall culture of a team that I would want to create. I have no doubt he's a tremendous performer. I just, you know, I wonder when you're trying to create something where the sum of the parts are greater than individual parts, that's when you really truly have a team concept, whether Trevor can ever fit into that. We got Dan O'Dowd, the former GM of the Colorado Rockies. Check him out all the time on the MLB Network as we're starting to run through this offseason. Um, Dan, from a Yankee standpoint, and I know you know this guy well, they can't lose DJ LeMayu. The guy's just too good. He's too clutch. He's fit the team perfectly. He's a terrific defensive player. I know he's getting up there a little bit in age, but I'm going to have a really hard time trying to envision what the Yankees look like in 2021 as they're trying to get over the hump and they're trying to win a world championship. I don't know how they can improve themselves in the offseason if DJ LeMayu is not going to be a part of the mix. Yeah, the only way they improve themselves if, if DJ uh, decides to go somewhere else or the Yankees decide that you know they're not going to match whatever offer might be out there is a shortstop in Cleveland by the name of Lindor. I think Frankie Lindor is a um, – transformational player. I don't think they come along very often. I think he would fit in exceptionally well in New York. Uh, the Yankees really need to add a left-handed bat, and I know he's a switch hitter. And I think it, Torres would be much more comfortable at second base than, to me, he looked at shortstop. I, I still feel like you re-sign DJ anyway if you have the bandwidth financially to do that because DJ can play so many different positions for you and play him so well. But that's the only player that I do believe is going to get moved this offseason I, I do think makes the Yankees better. You know, I was thinking about this, and I'm with you on Lindor. I I love him in a Yankee uniform, and I'm with you on the left-handed bats. To me, the Yankees are too right-handed. It's hurt them in the postseason. You know, Dan, that's something I want to ask you about because the analytics over the course of 162 games, they're going to say that a lot of the great Yankee right-handed hitters, whether it's LeMayu, whether it's Judge, whether it's Stanton, you give me the guy, that they're going to be able to hit the ball out of the ballpark that they're going to be able to do their thing at home and on the road. But what I've noticed for the Yankees the last few years in the playoffs, you're taking on Evaldi, you're taking on Morton and Glass now, or you're taking on Cole and Verlander, and it just felt like you needed a lefty bat or two in there to kind of change up the look, change up the feel. Is that a concern of yours with the Yankees, that they're way too right-handed? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those pitchers you mentioned, whether you're right-handed or left-handed, when honestly, when they're on their game, they're going to be tough to beat, period. But I think overall they need to get more balance in their lineup. I think their ball club plays exceptionally well at home. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Aaron Judge's injuries. I mean, they just have not been able to keep him on the field because I think he's, a again, a game-changer in what he, he's got the capability of doing. But uh, I, I do feel they're too right-handed, and I think it makes them susceptible to guys that have really, really 
the kind of stuff that moves away from their barrel and velocity above their hands. And if they can find a left-hand hitter just to complement that, I, I do think it'd be in their best interest to do that. Let me throw a name at you because at this point in time, the Yankees don't have a fit for him necessarily. Michael Brantley, yeah. who has been great with the Astros the last two years. He's left-handed. He doesn't strike out. He plays quality defense. That's the sort of guy to me, Dan. I agree. It's going to take some creativity. Wouldn't he fit the Yankees perfectly? Yeah, he would. I mean, he fits a lot of teams perfectly. I mean, to me, he's one of the sweetest swings in the game with tremendous strike zone recognition. Now, you know, the game, every single night gets down to a battle of the strike zone. And when you have hitters in your line, and DJ's one of them, that don't chase outside the strike zone, you win with those kind of players because they're going to barrel up more balls in the zone because they don't chase balls out of the zone. Michael Brantley fits that to a T. He'd make a lot of teams good, but he's a professional hitter in a lineup that would really help the Yankees. I'm going to throw three pitchers at you from a Yankee standpoint. Morton, Tanaka, Paxton. Who do you think's the best fit? You know, Paxton's got the best stuff, but, you know, we don't talk enough in our game about the talent of durability, and he has just not shown any durability at all. Um, Tanaka, to me, concerns me a little bit. He has shown some aggression over the last two years. Charlie Morton, you know, to me on a one-year deal, I think would be an, an ideal fit only because of the Yankees' bullpen. Uh, I don't think Charlie is going to get through a third time through the lineup on many of his starts. But I do think over uh, 30, you know, 33 starts, he's going to probably give you the most quality starts over those 33 where he has some games where he dominates. I mean, Tanaka's field to pitch, his ability to pitch in New York, everything that he's done, uh, there shows you this guy is a really quality major league starting pitcher. I'm just a little bit worried about some regression, I think, that is set in here. Not so much this year, because I think this year some of that stuff you can throw out the window, but some of the regression that he showed in 2019. Okay, Dan, the Colorado Rockies, Nolan Arenado. I'm knowing him less favorite. well. It's been, a, it's been a lot of years, but I do know Nolan. Yeah, but, you know, Dan, I still associate you with the Rockies, so you're watching the games, <laughs> you know the deal. It's, it's still, it still fits the bill. Arenado, gut feel. You think he gets traded? I think there's a distinct possibility that he might, but it's $199 million left on his contract in six years, so it's 33-plus a year. I'm not sure how many boats are going to be able to sail into that port to take that kind of contract, and I'm not sure the Rockies are going to want to eat a lot of that kind of contract. So you're going to have to match up contracts because I don't think the Rockies are looking to rebuild. Uh, I think they still want to try to be competitive. Uh, I think he's a great fit for the Braves. I've said that all along. I'm not sure the Braves can take on that kind of contract. But Austin Riley could go to left field, and Nolan can slide in and replace Ozuna hitting behind uh, Freddie Freeman, and they improved their club dramatically because Nolan is like a ridiculous defender. And so um, I've, I've said all along, I think he's a great fit there. But I'm not sure how many clubs have the wherewithal to take on that kind of contract this offseason. You know what's interesting to me? The Cubs. The Cubs, they had that great run for about four or five years. And after they won in 16, I know I was of this belief. I think many others were right there with me that we thought, you know, they'd win a couple more. Yeah, I agree, like They were they just didn't get positioned. Better. I mean, they're and, and now they're not. So what do you do with that team, Dan? You know, Brian coming up, Bias coming up, I think Rizzo to, coming you know, up. What you, goes you on there? Identify who you're going to try to resign at the end of the year. And the ones you don't resign, I think you look to move. And they have a payroll issue that they've got to dig themselves out of, too. And I think Darvish is a... Um, is a guy, quite honestly, that someone could pluck if they take on some of their, you know, those contracts that are a little bit challenging around him. And I think you Darvish, the way he pitched this year, is really starting to settle in at the major league level as an impactful major league starter, even if he's not a one. I mean, he's a solid two. I mean, 
if you could think of DeGrom and Darvish hit, pitching back-to-back and Syndergaard and Stroman pitching out of four, I mean, you really begin to have the kind of rotation that uh, you, know, you feel good about running out through the course of the season and going into October. Dan O'Dowd over at the MLB Network. He joins us here on The Fan. And you mentioned Stroman. You think Stroman took that qualifying offer because of what's to come here this winter? Is that, a, you know, is that kind of like reading the market saying, man, I don't know if I'm going to get 16 or 17 over three or four years. Let's take it for a year and reassess. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was in a difficult situation. He had a really fantastic year in 2019. Didn't pitch at all this year. And so um, I think it was a really, really smart decision on his part. I think he's going to pitch in a really good ballpark for him. It's going to end up being a really good team. Now, he is a highest ground ball you know, percentage in the game over the last four years, so they're going to have to catch the ball for him exceptionally well for him to be successful. But he does eat innings, highly competitive, very good athlete. Um, and if you, don't, you know, if you don't have to worry about him being near the top of your rotation, that's a pretty solid middle of the rotation starting pitcher. Dan, final one. We know the Mets are going to be big players and big spenders this offseason. If there is another team that could be very, very active in looking to add and looking to buy, who would that be? I think the Blue Jays. You know, their payroll, you know, the the beauty of developing, John, a young core like they have that's all in their zero to one or one plus service time area is like what the Dodgers did is that um, they don't cost you any money. Their payroll in their high-end years when they were, you know, in the American League playoffs was sitting around 150 to $160 million. And um, they're sitting right now in the 70 area with their team. So, they've, you know, even with COVID, they have a bandwidth to really be aggressive um, this offseason. And the club has kind of set well to do that because their young players now look like they're going to be, you know, impactful big league players. Now they have the ability to fill around those and they, they're a team to watch uh, this offseason. I think 75% of the teams, John, are in a hold pattern or survival mode. And I think the other 25 will be, you know, tepidly aggressive, and then some will be very aggressive. And I'd walk, keep your eyes on what the Blue Jays may do this winter. Very interesting stuff. And hopefully, Dan, and not players for DJ LeMayu. I know they're going to call, but hopefully for my sanity, I, I got number 26 back in Yankee pinstripes next year. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping you know, he wins okay. the MVP tonight. That, uh, that'd make me feel really good, you know. I, he, um, DJ's a very, very special player. I made, I made some good trades in my career. I made a lot of bad trades in my career, but the best trade I ever made was getting DJ LeMahieu. When was the moment you knew, Dan, you had a real special player? Honestly, um, that spring training, just the way he went about his job. You know, that deal was an interesting deal, John, because not one of my talent evaluators, my professional scouts or, or the analytical people, at the time, wanted to make that deal because Ian Stewart was a number one pick for us with a huge ceiling, great kid, tremendous athlete. And uh, But I made a call. Jimmy Hendry had just gotten let go as the GM of the um, Cubs. He is now Brian Cashman's special assistant. And for me, one of the best baseball minds and evaluators in the game. And so I just had this feeling about DJ, um, but I needed to get some confirmation to somebody to make sure it wasn't me forcing a trade. And uh, I called Jimmy up, and I picked Jimmy's brain because at that time he wasn't working for anybody. And, you know, I really trusted Jimmy's opinion because I had done deals with Jimmy, and he was so authentically honest with me, which is rare in the game of baseball, that I knew he would tell me straight. And when I walked back into our room uh, suite to tell everybody I was going to make the trade, they all got up and left on me. (laughs) 
they were not happy with me. And uh, so, you know, DJ was one of those guys that was just easy to overlook because he does nothing that would, you know, bring attention to himself. He just does everything well. And I do think the Rockies, when they let him go, they they lost something that was pivotal to their culture. Uh, because this guy, to me, is a leader because he brings his A game every single day to the ballpark. The great Dan O'Dan. I apologize, Dan. This is the problem with doing shows at home. You, you hear some ambiance from the Brooklyn neighborhood. I yeah, appreciate a, that. They're hey, blowing get used their to... horns for Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson right now. That's what was going on right They now. might be. Or for your guy, DJ LeMay. It might be a disgruntled Yankee fan who's upset about the fact that DJ's not signed yet. You know? <laughs> that might be me in a few weeks for all you know. Listen, yeah. thank you so much for all the right, time. John. Unbelievable stuff. We'll chat soon, okay? okay see you. Bye-bye. The great Dan O'Dowd over at the MLB Network. Really good insight from his time scouting and bringing in the great DJ LeMayu. And, hey, this is what happens when you're doing shows from home, folks. Never know what you're going to get. We got a lot more to do. Stroman accepts the qualifying offer. We're moving closer and closer to week number 10, 11. I don't even know what week it is in the NFL. I think it's week 10. Yeah, it sounds about right. We're back with more of your calls right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.